Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Rob Langevin. But before we get to Rob, this is currently potentially being brought to you by Fantrax, as they're going to be pushing some of our shows out over their radio channel, which is creatively named Fantrax Radio. So check them out on Twitter. Now, Rob, we, for two weeks in a row now, have recorded a show the day before a huge transfer. Obviously, mm-hmm. lots of transfers happening, but this one in particular being Murata uh, moving to Chelsea, assumedly as their starting striker. What was your take on that, both as a fantasy analyst and as a fan of Chelsea? Uh, I'll touch on my fandom first. Thanks for having me on the show, and welcome, everybody. It's kind of a, a, a longer introduction for Kevin, so I'll, I'll, I was waiting baited, baited, with bated breath today, so... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so um, love the signing from from a Chelsea perspective as a fan. Uh, anybody, anytime somebody who with his capability and name behind him gets a number nine jersey, automatically assume he has to start. From a fantasy perspective, he comes in with you know a nice tidy price. So he comparatively, you know, you look at who he's comparatively uh, around. You got Lacazette, and then you basically have the the people above him, Lukaku, Kane, you know, and Aguero. Um, Listen, he's gonna he's gonna score goals at Chelsea. Uh, I I was I heard people were in an uproar. You know, they they paid seventy million and he didn't even start today in the morning or yesterday in the morning session in the morning game in China. Um, r- relax. He's had three game three days to practice with the team. Um, so there's not to be much expected from that. He's gonna be the the tried and true starter when all said and done. Um, just look at what he's look at what he did in abbreviated time last year. He had, 15 goals, four assists in 1500 in less than 1500 minutes. The only thing I worry about is his durability for the you know the full gamut of games that Chelsea's going to play. You know they do have additional you know European based Championship games coming, and you know the 38 game season, which he's never really played a full you know gamut of minutes. He's he's never eclipsed the 1500 minute mark in his whole entire playing career. Yes, he's only 24, and yes, at 24 I was full of vinegar and running around looking for my next 30 pack, but uh, I, I'm expecting good things from him. Um, Chelsea's going to score, and I believe that his striker, which I think fits their, you know, the surrounding players around him better. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good signing. Uh, had an article for Goal this week. Not to plug my stuff too much. I'm not. I'm not going to like read out the hyperlink. But uh, had seen some people saying, you know, they'd much rather have uh, Lukaku, and and Lukaku isn't really the fairest comparison. But somebody that he ended up being really similar to was Alexander Lacazette. So yeah. per 90 minutes, which is basically what you have to do for a player like Morata because he played so few minutes, but yep. seeing like their efficiency. Alvaro Morata, a goal 0.01 every 90 minutes. Lacazette, 1.03. Shots, 3.62 for Morata to 3.16 for Lacazette. Shot accuracy, 63% for Morata, 65% for Lacazette. They are 
very, very close in what they're bringing. Mm-hmm. Both of them coming to top five attacks. Both of them seemingly going to be the guy from day one. So they are very similar. So if there's anybody out there that thinks one is great and the other one's garbage, you need to kind of bring those opinions a little bit yeah, closer yeah, to neutral. So, 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 Kevin, here's the choice. If you had to choose one striker right now between Murata and Lacazette, who are you going with? One of them is currently in my most recent draft of my team, and it's Murata. All right. Excellent. I see that I would pick Murata over at Lacazette as well. I think that I think Chelsea have offer just a tad bit more offensive potential than Arsenal. I'm not saying they're gonna score, you know, fifteen or twenty more goals than them. You know, Arsenal scored seventy seven last year. That number is a, a good number for Arsenal. I think Chelsea, you know, I think they scored eighty two. So they're very similar in in goal output. So, you know, I, I just like Murata, you know, to be a little bit better more involved in the you offense. Know, I think he can get, you know, more assists and more um, baps, we'll call yeah. it. And he did get an assist in that match you were mentioning. Yeah. Uh, for uh, Batshuayi. I will say that Lacazette's first five matches are kinder. Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree on the season, I think Morata will have a better one. And for that point five, at this point, I am willing to gamble on it considering Lacazette's ownership is hilariously high. Yeah, um, and it's not, it's not like we're knocking either guy. They're both true. tops. They're going to both finish in the top seven. You know, God willing, they both stay, they all stay injured and, you know, they, they can all get them. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. They all don't get injured. <laughs> How about that? They all don't get injured. Right. And, you know, they don't get in fights with their manager or people, you know, flip out and go crazy. But they're going to be, they're going to finish in the top seven in scoring. You can, you can pencil it in. You know, the, the forward ranks are basically not set in stone, but they're kind of chiseled with uh, movable pieces like Scrabble. Mm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for some of the people we're about to mention, a lot of them have not been added to the game yet. Yeah. Uh, one of them, another striker that's been on the move, I think it was announced yesterday as we record, uh, Chicharito, a.k.a. Javier Hernandez. I think that's backwards. I think his a.k.a. might be his nickname. But <laughs> the point is, is he moves to West Ham, which we discussed a lot last week. We didn't really dive far on the uh, Chicharito stuff because we weren't 100% sure yet. That is now mm-hmm. confirmed. <laughs> now, I saw a horrible stat for West Ham fans um, on Twitter today, which was... Uh, 33 strikers? Yeah, had fewer uh, well, oh i forget the percentage but like the majority of them had scored three or fewer goals yeah 30 they've signed 33 strikers in like the last whenever the year was um and 23 of them have scored less than three goals in yeah. that time it's it's not a good thing for the ham for the <laughs> the hammers at right. all so that is less than promising but as uh, sean whetstone who uh contributes as a west ham fan on the premier league podcast that we do on this channel uh said um the jose Mourinho came out and claimed that uh chicharito is gonna score 20 goals and uh west ham look like they're vying for a title which is very strong words. wow <laughs> but what, what do you think about that 20 goal mark you think it's high or do you think with arnautovic antonio and lanzino behind him that it could be possible uh, West Ham's one of those teams where the the sum of their parts are not as great as the you know the whole. I, I think that they're oh, like the individuals should be. Yeah, better. yeah. I think that they're going to steal from each other enough that it'll it'll knock them down. Twenty goals is a lofty, lofty thing. Um, you know, I mean, he does have Premier League experience. He's he's got fifty nine goals in one hundred fifty seven career EPL games, which is a phenomenal rate for for a, for a striker. I mean, that's not nothing to knock at. But I just I just don't think with West Ham's scoring, but I think there's not going to be enough for him to feast on by himself. I think Lanzini gets his his. I think Ayu gets his. You know, I think Michael Antonio gets his. There, it's going to be spread around. I I honestly I could, I'll, I'll be as bold as as what he was just saying. I'll say they'll have four guys that score twelve or more. 
How's that? That's being bold. Oh, at West Ham? Yeah, I think they have four guys that scored 12 goals or Is more. Is it those four? I'd probably say those those probably the the favorite four. I mean, I unless they're unless, you know, Aaron Cresswell goes completely crazy or Zabaleta. You know, or uh, <laughs> you know, Arnautovic get, gets hot and sees a, lo- a long string of games, mm. you know, played and stuff. But I mean, they do have the potential to to score goals. I just don't think that you can you can you know say point a finger at Chicharito and be like, okay, you're going to score more, you're going to score twenty five percent more than everybody else. Yeah. I think that you know, if he gets fourteen and then everybody else falls down in line behind him, I think that West Ham would probably finish in the top eight. Yeah, both of us were very big on a certain West Ham midfielder to start the year in uh, Andre Ayew. Now with all these signings, where do you stand on him? Uh, I am tentatively cooled on him. Uh, I He's one of those guys where I'm waiting to see the first one or two games of the season to see how they line up, see how well you know Lanzini is playing, see, see the fitness level and where Arnautovic fits in, where Ayew fits in, where, you know, if and when they do sub Chicharito off and who comes on and how they reform after that, it's going to be a, it's going to be West Ham's going to be one of those teams in the beginning of the year that I'm definitely keeping a keen eye on because they have a lot of parts and their prices almost all of them are, you know, 7.5 or below that you could probably, you know, find some value in. I, I think Chicharito's value is probably going to come in at probably eight. I would say that would probably be a good price because he does have, you know, previous, you know, form in the EPL. Um, but and he's kind of a you know he's a fancy name he's not awesome but he's got he's got a name behind him so at 8.0, he's kind of he comes into the conundrum of well is he Firmino good or is he just Chicharito good yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see although if you ask me right now I'd probably say that Chicharito scores as many or more goals than Firmino that just isn't really what Firmino brings as a forward he, we talked about this a lot last year his strength is involving everyone else in the attack. Mm-hmm. More than being the point man, and that was kind of evidenced by his well, eleven assists, which I yeah. think would have been the most for a forward. Oh, yeah, I hate that I went on that limb, but I think it was most, uh, but yeah. only eleven goals, which was you know barely but, top but, ten. So, but the funny thing about you mentioning actually Liverpool, and I mentioned Firmino first, and then you brought up Liverpool. Mm. West Ham, when you look at their players, is basically like a poor man's Liverpool. Mm. They are basically when you match up how they they are going to come at you on the pitch. You know the players that they offer, as compared to what Liverpool does, they're like the ninety percent version of what Liverpool can offer on a, on from a fantasy basis. You know, like you know, Lanzini's like, like maybe just how they have like four guys yeah, that ownership is four, all going to be split. Yeah, between. it's gonna be it's gonna be completely diversified scoring wise, and that's the same way that Liverpool is, and that's why I have problems finding someone on Liverpool that I can be like. All right, I completely trust you because Coutinho goes in spurts. Mane is, you know, in the wind. He's probably going to be owned a lot. Firmino is a striker now, so do you really want to invest that eight point five on him? And the, and the other parts that are around them, you don't really trust any of them. It's the same way with West Ham right now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where all these West Ham pieces fall. While we're talking about too many players at the same positions, um, Manchester City uh, have now spent over a hundred million pounds on. Wingbacks. Uh, we already talked about Kyle Walker. Well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. Um, yeah. Now they feels bring like, in. Feels like it. Yep. Now they bring in Danilo from uh, Real Madrid. For people that didn't see him much, that's because he was the understudy to uh, who I think is the best right back in the world right now, and Danny Carvajal. Uh, and then they also bring in Benjamin Mendy um, from Monaco. The left back position looks like it's all Mendy's now, but what do you think about the whole Walker Danilo issue on right back? Because when Walker moved there, the whole point 
was that he was finally going to be getting minutes, and now they bring in a player that's only 15 million pounds less than him yeah. to back yeah. him up. Are, are you concerned now that this could turn into the Walker and uh, Danilo show as opposed to last year when it kept being caught up between Walker and Trippier? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it seems like that you know they bring in a high-profile name like Danilo, who who got some decent run at Real. His best year was two years ago. It wasn't just last year. You know, like you said, he was the understudy to Carvalho. Carvalho. What did I say his name? Daniel Carvalho. Carvalho. That's it. that's it. Just like the American boxer a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, so in when they did this signing, the first thing that popped in my head was like, oh no, they're gonna either, you know run the risk of having a, a bad rotation risk, but I, which I think is the probably the most remote thing. Or, you know, I don't think that they're going to push Walker up because he doesn't push anybody else up the pitch that's going to be, you know, movable. Look, look at the players that City has through the midfield. So it's even if they play like a different kind of formation than they played last year, and he plays almost like, if Walker plays almost like an Alonzo role, I don't, I don't see how they, that would fit. So it's, it's a completely different signing. I think that Man City is just buying names just to buy names right now because, you know, look at the money they've spent, to over $200 million this year in, in the transfer window. And, and, they're, and the funny thing is they're, they're not done yet. From everything I read, they're still, they're still on, the, you know, on the waiver wire looking for, looking for names looking with an open checkbook. So, I mean, it's definitely, definitely – it's going to be a, a – you know, a tough thing to actually buy into a city defender. And it's funny, if you look at the city defenders that are listed right now, there's only four listed on the official game right now, and, and these two guys haven't been added yet. It's going to be interesting yeah. because their prices are going to fall right in range with everyone else that's in there. They're probably going to be 6, 6.5. So their ownership is going to be minute to begin the year. And then when they when city starts weeding out who they're going to play and who plays where and who plays in the tournaments and who doesn't, you know, people start buying in and having them as a, you know one of their fancy defenders at six auto or above. Do you think that because they've now bought three players that all would have been better than their options last year, that they are now intrinsically a better defense, or do you think it'll take time with them and with a new goalkeeper and Ederson to figure things out? Well, I think they're going to be better just based on the fact that they were awful last year. Um, so I think there's, I still think their defense hinges around Vincent Company's health. I still think he is the is the keystone to that defense. I know you can add big names like Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy and Danilo, and and put them around other people. But um, just look at those names and compare them to who else that would play there. Would you feel more comfortable with Oda Mendy in the middle? Would you feel more comfortable with John Stones in the middle compared with those names? I, the only person there that makes makes them all better is Vincent Company. That's just me. Yeah, that that is not a bad shout and. Uh, it is worth noting that while we're both kind of <laughs> bemoaning City's defensive abilities, they did finish last year fourth uh, yeah. <laughs> in defense and goals allowed. So uh, not not uh, nightmarish, but they certainly didn't offer much uh, going forward in fantasy as defenders, as we mentioned last week. Yeah. Walker had five. Chelsea leaving. Uh, the Blues is Kurt Zuma, who goes to Stoke, assumedly replacing a similarly physical center back in Bruno Martinsindi, who has been recalled by Porto and, for all intents and purposes, looks like he's sticking there at the moment. Um, what do you think Zuma at Stoke? Do you think, I mean, he's obviously a very talented center back, had injury issues. Do you think he's the kind of player that could make the rest of Stoke's defense more viable or, or maybe Butland? Uh I think Sto- I think Butlin's a good buy anyway because I think it's Sto- he offers that kind of heat and appeal from last year. Like, yeah, you know, he's the, gonna, uh, he's, potential saves. Yeah, yeah. Ben, don't break. Get your get your fair amount of clean sheets. You know, between ten and you know twelve. 
12 clean sheets on the year and face a, you know, not an absorbent amount of, of shots on goal, but get your saves from those when they count. Um, so I think that Butland is, you know, I think personally I'd place him in one of the top five spots from a fantasy key perspective for ownership, like throughout the whole year, I'm talking like the guy I'm probably going to keep falling back to, you know, cause he's probably going to have a good game, then have tough matchups for a while and then have a good game, good two or three and then fall back. But, you know, Zuma doesn't hurt what Stoke has on defensively. I mean, when when you're walking out there with Eric Peters, Ryan Shorecross, Jeff Cameron, and Glenn Johnson as your best four, how can he not make them better than those? He's more athletic than Shorecross. He's a better player than Cameron. He's more athletic than Johnson. The only player I think that you could probably make a case for from a fan's perspective is if, if what we saw from two years ago from Eric Peters happens again, he's at 5.0. And Zoom is at 5.5. So I think that you can make the you know the question saying, well, if Peters does this, he's more of a, a better player going forward because he actually can contribute to an offensive part of the Stoke you know, buildup. Whereas Zoom is more, I think, that the stay-at-home guy there. I don't think he's going to be involved as much going forward. I love I love Kurt Zuma here. I think he's probably the the best defender there, you know, besides Eric Peters from a fantasy perspective now. Mm. Yeah, I, I think he may even be better. I mean, the the benefit of Eric Peters is stability. It's never yeah. been upside. Um, mm-hmm. But as a third defender, you know, he used to provide that a lot at 4.5. But at 5.0, we, we've mentioned the whole uh, position has inflated some. Yep. So yep. It, it's not like he's heinously priced at 5.0. But I just think there are a lot of other people I would rather have. And I I do think I'd rather have Zuma for that 0.5 more. Uh, then quickly, three more defenders. Uh, Riedewald to Palace. <laughs> Uh, replacing Mamadou Sako, we would believe it doesn't look oh. like they're going to be able to get him back after his uh, terrific loan stint last year. We've Friend about- of the show, Mamadou Sako. <laughs> right. We've talked about Frank DeBoer's defensive influence in the past. I-, I assume as long as he comes in at five or below, you're interested. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and playing time right off the bat is important for him. You know, uh, I read a statement after DeBoer wants to get younger. Yeah. And that's the best way that Palace can get better is to get get younger and develop these players in their when they're eighteen, nineteen, and twenty years old. Um, you know, and I and when this happened, I texted you, and I said better long term fantasy option for Crystal Palace. I said Ruben Loftus Ruben Loftus Cheek or Rattleweld. Yeah. You know, and and it dep- it, it all depends because on, on who Cheek, plays, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Cheek they don't play the same position by any stretch of the imagination, but you know they both have their you know their their yays and nays from a fantasy perspective it all depends on how much palace is willing to buy into playing the youth right off the bat yeah and something that is very interesting to me we just talked about zuma's impact on the rest of the players around him if mm-hmm. Riedewald can come in and do what he's done at ajax in the past of, of shoring up that back line what about a little scott Danlove? he's down to 5.0 just a year removed from being the highest scoring defender in terms of like actual goals not fantasy points yeah uh you know, don't get just, me don't don't get me restarted on my Scott Dan love. I'm just saying I was I was looking through a lot of the clubs earlier for a segment we're going to do after this, and uh, saw he was only at 5.0, only owned in one percent of teams. I, I, you know, it's a, it's enough to make you start thinking. Um, yeah, but like it, I said, it definitely we, does. Yeah, but we we don't know what Riedewald's price will be yet, and uh, that will obviously bear some weight here. Also. Uh, Hennessy would be interesting if they don't bring in anyone else, and we think the defense can improve as much as we believe they may. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he—you know—we talked about how that crap, uh, or the decent goalkeeper for a crap team, like every year it's a new one. Mm-hmm. 
it could be Crystal Palace this year. We don't know yet, but just kind of keep an eye on it. Um, the last two, Andy Robertson to Hull. I liked him a lot at Hull to start last season. Didn't mm-hmm. really have the year we expected. Do you think this is more of a case of Robertson becoming fantasy relevant or kind of turning Milner somewhat fantasy irrelevant? I think it's more of turning Milner fantasy irrelevant. Uh, Robertson's going to get his his fair shake at some games, but Milner's going to get some fair shake at games as as well. So I think they basically negate each other from an ownership value. And, you know, I like Andy Robertson. I think he's a good player. He had 73 points last year with Hull. Um, He just succumbed to the fact that Hull just not was not very decent defensively for most parts of the year, you know, from when Marco Silva took over. They, they did okay, but then they went up and down. It's like a big roller coaster. Hull's a roller coaster. Um, but Liverpool, he's, I don't see him getting all the starts, and I don't see him getting all the sits. So it, they basically are going to steal from each other and basically negate the value of each. Yeah, I'm probably staying away from that whole situation. And lastly, people may kind of overlook this one, but he will probably be their starting left back day one. Uh, for Newcastle, it's Javier Manquillo, who was pretty unimpressive at Sunderland, but kind of like Robertson, as you said. Uh, wasn't necessarily surrounded by glorious players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look at what Newcastle is putting on the pitch. I know they 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 did lead the the championship in clean sheets, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe they did that last year. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think so. So I mean, they do have they do have a lot of sneaky sleeper or post hype type fantasy guys. You know, you have DeAndre Yedlin, you have Kieran Clark, who's We've gone over. He's a good set piece target that Newcastle likes to to, to look for. And then you get Javier Mekio comes in. I, I at his price, which ever the same price as everybody else that you'd really want to own there at four dot five. You know, he he's coming in with coming from a, a bigger club, and you know because he transferred in from uh, the Spanish league. So, I mean, could could, it, could you do worse than four to five from a Javier Manquillo from getting a Newcastle guy? He looks like a like a that fourth or fifth defender that you could probably rotate. And you know, Newcastle has one of those schedules at the beginning of the year that you can actually rotate with, because they have a tough game, two two or three cheapies, then a tough game, and then two or three cheapies. And you know, you're looking for value when you build out your fantasy, especially defense, because of the prices that we we've talked about ad nauseum. You know, you're looking for that four dot five guy that has that. You know that flair or that that differential or that you know that difference maker, and you know everybody's looking at you know guys like you know Olsen or from Swansea or you know Alfie Mawson, but and they're they're actually more more in pro, more their their price is bigger than than that of Mankio. So I mean, if you're looking for like a guy that's going to be less owned and not looked at as much to begin the year. Then, then look at Javier Manquillo. I'm not, I'm not jumping on the Javier Manquillo bandwagon here because it sounds like I'm preaching him. Because, because right before we started, I, I mentioned it to Kevin that we should have him in the, in the transfer because I thought it'd be interesting because everyone's looking for a cheap defensive entry into their, you know, def- starting defenders. It doesn't have to start every week, but he's a good guy that you're going to have in there at four dot five. He's probably not going to hurt you, and you know, you don't have to play him every week. Is basically the point. Yeah, uh, and with Yedlin being the second most on Newcastle player, it would be an interesting differential if they did manage to do some solid defensive things like, say, Middlesbrough did in their first half last season. Um, all right, we are going to take a quick break and come back by running through all 20 teams like we did in the Tauga special, but this time it'll be all FPL with players that we think are overrated and underrated from each team. We'll be back in a sec. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And after those lovely words from our sponsor, who we definitely know who that is and love their product and or service, um, yeah, we're going best. to move. <laughs> we're going to move into uh, overrated and underrated for each club. Um, oh wait, are we rotating? Or are we just doing all of them? What, whatever you want to do, man. I'm. I, it's your world. I'm just riding in the back seat. <laughs> well, I wrote down people for all of them, so I guess we're doing all of them. Um, so for me, for Arsenal, my overrated option is Hector Beller and he was included in an overrated piece, uh, that I wrote for goal that caught a little bit of traction in actual FPL world, which led to people yelling at me about how I got their prices wrong. Cause they're two different mm-hmm. games. <laughs> goals budget is out of uh, 75 instead of 100 and there are no bench players there's a lot of differences so for people to be like no oh, that's a horrible call but um Bellerin as we've mentioned before was the highest priced defender last year didn't live up to it ended up uh closer to the bottom end of the top 15 Arsenal not particularly great at clean sheets uh I think that Bellerin specifically was 18th in clean sheets last season um, and Arsenal have not strengthened that position. They haven't strengthened their goalkeeper. They haven't brought in anybody in front of him. I know that you uh, are a lover of um, Granite Xhaka, and so if he plays more minutes, gets less cards, uh, and can stabilize, maybe maybe then Bellerin would be more useful. But his attacking skills were down as well, so I'm very much not a fan of Bellerin. The one that I think is underrated is Alexis. Um, as long as you think he stays in the Premier League, he has to be in your team. And even if you yeah. don't think he's staying, as, as I mentioned before, put Kane or Sanchez in your team right now regardless because it's so much easier to move down from them than if mm-hmm. you don't start with them and all of a sudden need to find, like we were talking about Morata earlier, all of a sudden you need 2.5 if you want to mm-hmm. bump up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I think Alexis somehow is the underrated player, although I do uh, add the addendum that that's largely because People think he may leave the league. Um, who do you have there for Arsenal? Uh, overrated for me. You stole my guy, and I, I kind of want don't want to be repetitive here because we do have to go to 19 more teams. Yeah, so I'll, I'll change it up. up. Yeah, no. So I, I'll go with Peter Check. I don't. I like mm. Kevin mentioned. I don't believe in any of their clean sheets. You're you're basically buying into a name there. At five five, he's one million dollars more than you should be investing in a goal a starting goalkeeper. Go look at Hennessy, like Kevin mentioned. Look at Ben Foster. Guys that you can rotate in and out. Uh, if you if you get stuck with check, you're not going to rotate much. You're going to sit sit there with his five dot five, and he's probably not going to go up or down much because he's not going to be owned that much. And that that's what sti- you know stimulates the economy of you know the fantasy fantasy world. Uh, guys, I don't like. Um, I don't like anybody on the on Twitter right now talking about how Aaron Ramsey is a, is a is a power seven guy. Sorry to any of our friends out there, especially FPL hints chief. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, dude. Aaron Ramsey is not part of anything powerful. The only thing he's powerful at is maybe eating a power bar on the power bench. <laughs> or um, sipping Powerade. 
Um, I don't see how he is part of anything. Yeah, yeah, he's got a 7.0 price tag. But what is he going to do to your fantasy team at 7.0 that Granite Shaka can't do at 5.5? Yeah, I know Granite Shaka is going to be get more yellow cards. But guess who what? Granite Shaka is guaranteed minutes. That's all yeah. that matters to me. Granite and what, is going to score four or five goals? Yeah. Ooh. I, I guarantee Granite Shaka scores more goals than him this year. Ooh. That sounds like a challenge. I will definitely blow your spot up over that and uh, yeah. tell Chief about that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's so that's my Arsenal love and this love. I'll jump right into Bournemouth mm. here. My love interest is Charlie Daniels. Uh, I don't think he was awesome last year, and I don't think he was actually awful. Uh, I'm looking for a defender in the the five dot five to four dot five range who can get forward, get me goals, get me assists. And is going to be on the pitch for over 2,500 minutes. Charlie Daniels is that guy. And his price tag is not going to kill you. On my dislikes, um, anybody who plays midfield for you know, the Cherries, uh, there's nothing there. Junior Stanislas, he, he showed glimpses and isn't. Ryan Frazier, same thing. Uh, after that, it's all basically you know waiver wire fodder if you're in a draft league or in a deeper league. There's nothing there. You basically want to skip over the midfielders in, for the cherries and just go to the back to the forwards and, and look at Josh King. So defensively, okay, and the forwards, okay for the cherries. But the midfield, you're not buying, I agree. There's a lot of confusion in there. It could get good. Like I do like Brian Fraser as a player despite him being a tiny, tiny man. But uh, definitely want to see how that midfield shakes out first. Um, for me... Adam Smith, <laughs> we're just always going to have this argument. Um, Adam Smith led the defenders in, in the Premier League last year and assists tied along with both Walker and Trippier at Tottenham last season. Uh, did it uh, in fewer minutes and in a worse defense. Now you aid, <laughs> now you aid, now you add Nathan Ake, uh, to that back line, which is when they were good the first half of the year. You bring in Begovic, who is hilarious, <laughs> hilariously better than any of their options last year, especially mm-hmm. Archer Boric. Um, and so all of a sudden you have a player that I think is really good. Overrated for me is Jermaine Defoe. I don't know if you remember this last year. In like February, I brought up that Defoe had never scored more than 18 goals. And he was sitting on like 14 or 15 goals. Mm-hmm. And he had just scored like two and five and everybody was like losing their minds. And you know what he ended up on? 18. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, just, you know, be aware of that. He, he was still a top 10 forward. But there are times of the season where he is unownable and times where he's a must-own. That does not mean that you should always have him on your radar, though. Um, <laughs> for Brighton, I don't have an overrated player. None of their players are over 2.5% owned. So it would seem really nitpicky to say one of them is overrated. Uh, underrated just because people aren't paying the championship players as much love as I thought they would be. Um, you have Glenn Murray, who scored again in a friendly today. And uh, Anthony Knockart, who has picked up a knock. Art, yeah. but I think he'll be back for the start of the season. Did he get a, did he get injured doing art? I yeah, that. that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. Uh, there's nobody real that's overrated there because basically the whole team is differentials. There's nobody over 6.0 price wise, and that's Anthony Knockart and Glenn Murray. Um, basically, they are your fifth or third striker in any kind of you know format. Um, if anybody wants to fill out their team and are into the whole 420 thing. They have a guy named Bong. That's all that matters. <laughs> that is indeed all that matters. So, <laughs> on to me for Burnley. Guy that's overrated for me, Tom Heaton. Yep. He's not going to repeat. The, the Losing Michael Keane is going to be like losing the, the main sail on a sailboat. 
Um, yeah, Ben Mee is still there. Matthew Loughton is still there. Stephen Ward is still there. They are just not going to be the same kind of fantasy defensive team that you are expecting. Uh, underrated for me, it's another tough one too because there are not really a lot of guys that are superiorly owned next to anybody. Um, but if I had to pick somebody, how about Andre Gray? I like what I see what he, see, see what, from him in the preseason. I believe he had two goals the other day um, in, the, in, a, in a warm-up game. Yeah. Everybody was expecting the world from him last year because they were trying to buy into that new striker, new promotion, kind of you know catch lightning in, a, in the bottle and stick it in my pocket and run around with it kind of thing. But at 6.5, he's that third striker. Everybody's looking for differentials, and he, he may just be one. I don't, I don't think he's going to score more than 12 goals, but for a Burnley team, that's a ton. Yeah. Um, don't need to elaborate on Heaton. think you covered it well. My underrated is Robbie Brady, just for what he did at Norwich two years ago. I know last year was a disappointment, but he's getting a full preseason with them uh, and think he could play a pretty crucial role for them this year. Now on to uh, your beloved Chelsea. My overrated is N'Golo Kante. I know he's one of the few players that's definitely going to get his minutes, but he's going to offer very little uh, in terms of points. And even though he has a low price, I just don't see the point of doing that to yourself. My underrated is Willian, who I said last week, and, and I'm starting to believe more and more is going to be the direct replacement for Hazard, at least until he is back from injury. Yeah, and interesting news on the Hazard front. He's actually went into a little bit of training today, and he's on schedule to actually start the season on time, which Ooh, is weird. that's awful for me. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, my guy that's a little overrated, um, you know, I'll start with the most owned def- – I don't know if he still is the most owned defender in the in the official game, but David Luiz uh, doesn't offer enough fantasy-wise for me. Listen, if you're going to invest in a Chelsea defender, just don't be cheap. Grab and go in the other pocket, grab another dollar, and get Alonzo. He scored a cracker of a goal today. He's going to keep doing it in the Premier this year. He's go- he's probably going to lead the league lead the league defensively for goals. And then that just ties right into my underrated guy. And I think it's Marcus Alonso. I think it's 7.0 and his percent his percentage owner that percentage ownership right now at 13.8. I still think it's a bargain right now, and he's still a, uh, an ownership differential. Yeah. Um. On to Crystal Palace. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is my overrated. It's looking more and more like he will not win that job out of camp, to use American language. Um, I really like Andros Townsend, who is heinously low-owned uh, at the moment compared to Zaha. He's at just 2.7, and he's only 6.0 in price. Uh, he was a top 30 midfielder last year. Like I do think he's going to improve on last year, but he was still useful last year as well. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little bit of the Townsend love this year. Nice. I, I I completely agree. The most uh, the underrated guy is Andres Townsend. Like you said, he finished in the top thirty in, in overall scoring. In other formats, he's a he's a dynamo player. A uh, guy that is underrated. Well, I'm sorry, overrated. Um, Patrick Van Einholt. I don't you see think? it. I I know he's the most owned Crystal Palace defender at four dot one. Yes, he gets forward. Yes, he does things that like people like out of their defender. But at 5.5 from a Crystal Palace team that doesn't really do much defensively and you rely on defensive players, you know, a bulk of their points are do come from clean sheets. You get more for a clean sheet than you do basically, you know, getting a goal and bonus points. So, I mean, so Patrick Van Eindhoven is my diss on that. So going into Everton, my overrated player, I'm going to go with Leighton Baines. Uh, owned at 10.2% of the league, 6.0. I, I don't buy the beginning of the season, love, because if you look at Everton's schedule, it is god-awful. Um, my underrated player, I'm going to go with Sandro. At 7.5, yeah. I think that if you, if you build your team right and people are 
absorbently over-rostering Wayne Rooney right now at 21.7% of leagues. They are the same price. I think Sandro is the – if you had to pick a guy who's going to stay healthy all year and, and it was Rooney or Sandro, why wouldn't you go with the – was he 20, 21, 22-year-old? Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. buying Sandro all day, If depending on how you configure yourself. If you go heavy through the midfield, I think Sandro and, and Charlie Austin at 7-5 and 6-5 are the perfect second and third strikers if you want to go next to Harry Kane. Yeah, um, my overrated is Rooney at the moment, mm. largely because of Sandra, uh, who's yep. waiting right there in the wings. Um, and not to say, you know, I mentioned last week that Rooney at seven is definitely intriguing, but I think he's in like the 20-some percent 20, ownership mark. Almost 22%. Yeah, which is a lot. Um, my underrated uh, is kind of a two for, uh, a two for Sandra, who you already mentioned, and uh, Davy Clausen. Who mm-hmm. is both a scorer and a creator, uh, and assuming that Barkley ends up leaving, he'll be the one on the ball unless they bring in cigarettes in, and then that just ca- causes a whole mess. Uh, totally. For now, uh, overrated is Rooney, underrated is Davy Clausen. Uh, for Huddersfield, again, rude to pick anybody that's uh, overrated because there aren't really underrated. I think for both of us is going to be uh, Steve Mounier or Mooney. However, we're deciding on <laughs> the pronunciation there. He's tall and he's fast and he scores goals. Um, and I think he could do pretty well in this Huddersfield team. Yeah, and I like what I've seen from uh, Tom Ince in the preseason games. I think yep. he's he scored in three three out of the four games I think they played. So uh, at 6.0, he's a little bit pricier than what you want an initial investment from a Huddersfield player in. But he could be doing nice things. I mean, there are there has been some nice values in the previous years from promoted squads on guys who, who haven't done much in the championship but do things in the Premier League. Yeah, and uh, while we're talking about Huddersfield, just the perfect opportunity to bring up one of the most absurd stats, which is last year uh, Aaron Moy had the most tackles and the most chances created for Huddersfield, which you will not see. <laughs> yeah, no. Just about any other league. Um, <clears throat> for Leicester, uh, my overrated is Riyad Mahrez. Uh, he's not even that heavily owned. I just think he leaves the league with Milan sniffing all over him. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them, actually. <laughs> um and uh, Jamie Vardy is my underrated. He still ended up last year as a top 15 striker. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a little competition there with Slomani, but he didn't really impress last year. And the Ihe Nacho thing that seemed imminent two weeks ago continues to not actually happen. Yeah. Um, so as as the the squad sits right now, I think Vardy's a little slept on. Oh, I totally agree with you that Vardy is criminally underowned at you know eight. He's only only 3.4%. At 8.5, I think that's the thing that's scaring people off. You know, he did score, still score 13 goals and have eight assists last year. I know it wasn't the 24 goals from the year before. But at 8.5, to have somebody who basically finished sixth in the league in goals scored from a forward perspective, that that's, that seems like a pretty good deal. Because, I mean, you're basically paying two to $2 million less than basically what I just said Firmino would score. Or who was the other guy I said that would probably score 14 goals? Chicharito. Chicharito. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're, people are going to be jumping all over Chicharito. I guarantee you when Chicharito comes in, probably about two days before the official game launches, he'll be at 10% old. So, Jamie Vardy is my under underappreciated guy. And I, and I can't agree with you more about Riyad Mahrez. I think that the, everybody's scared away by – I think Riyad Mahrez is, is the last player to be transferred out before the window closes. I think that ex, ex, is exactly describes why people are just not buying into Riyad Mahrez. You know, 8.5 is the same price as, as Vardy, and people are just completely turned off by last year. 6-4 and four was not 17-11 and 11, is the best way I can, I can say it. Yeah. Um, so, moving on for me – is Liverpool and basically they're who I think is over overhyped here. 
it's got to be Firmino for me. Eighteen point one percent owned, eight point five. I'd rather go. I'd rather go way way low or way way high for my strikers right now. And I'm basically skipping the entire, you know, nine, eight, eight, five range. I'm just going from the six dot five Charlie Austin, and I'm skipping over Firmino's, you know, that price bracket and going into the Murata Lacazette territory. Mm. I don't think that he does enough. I don't think he scores enough. I don't think he will assist enough. I know he did what he did eleven and eleven last year, which is which is a phenomenal return. I just don't think he does it again. I think there's too many parts around him that get more. You know, Mane wasn't there the whole year. I think Coutinho is the player to own. So. The continue is is way too owned for me to say that he's you know underappreciated right now at thirty three point six, um, so I'm going to go with Sadio Mane at four point six ownership. He's nine point five, but when Sadio Mane is healthy, he pedals the Liverpool bicycle. Period. All right, yeah, and uh, Liverpool just looking at the time and realizing that there's a Tottenham match to cover. Um, <laughs> this will be the last one of these, and then we'll follow up with the. The second group of 10 alphabetically next week. Um, but for me, for Liverpool, Milner's the overrated one, as we mentioned. The fact that you have, um, Andrew Robertson coming in, who I, I, I like a lot and offers more going forward. I mean, James Milner, uh, literally had the least efficient crossing rate in the Premier League last year. So in DFS, interesting because all those mm-hmm. crosses count and Taga scoring less so because those crosses aren't finding people. So they're not accurate and even less so in the Premier League where you want them to actually be assists. Yeah. Um, not sure he gets to keep his penalty mantle either, especially if he starts dropping in and out of the team. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Milner guy this year. The one that's being slept on in literally every format is Jorginho Wijnaldum, who towards the end of the year really started uh, turning on the flare and scoring goals. And as we mentioned, he's going to get an extra match at home this year because he's going to be traveling to Newcastle. Uh, and we assume that that still counts somehow. Yeah, <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. Uh, so that'll, that's the top 10. Like we said, next week, we'll do the next 10 of uh the remaining Premier League teams going through players that we think are overrated and underrated. Quickly uh talk through the changes we've made to our teams. I know you said you don't trust Van Anholt. I trust him a little bit more. I mean the goal scoring is definitely bona fide, maybe in a De Boer defense. Uh the clean sheet will come there as well, maybe a couple more assists. Uh but you know, I have no money left in the bank, which is not how I think my team will be come the start of the year. But the changes were downgraded from Jesus to Morata, brought in De Bruyne and brought in Van Anholt. Also, I still have Forster at the back because he only faces two top 10 uh, attacks in his first 10 matches. But mm-hmm. Foster only faces three, and he's 0.5 mm-hmm. cheaper. And, you know, at this point in the season, everybody's haggling over those 0.5s. So uh may change that. Not sure yet, but I do like the Forster-Cedric double that I have in my team at the moment. Uh Rob, I know your current team isn't actually a team that you'd ever start the season with, but there was an interesting conceit behind it. Yeah, uh, I basically constructed the the base a basis team that I I've called, I'm calling it the Brexit team. It's uh, basically players who don't play in any European based tournaments this year, so no Champions League, no Europa. Uh, I based it on three different criteria. I based it on price, ownership, and points last year. So I kind of melded them together, and then I threw in a little bit of common sense in there. So basically, this is the best team that you could buy that of players that don't have. Uh, a champion, an extra tournament this year. So basically, it leaves out seven teams: Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, United, Chelsea, Spurs, and I think that's it. I think that's seven. Mm. I wasn't counting. So if you're counting at home and I miss one, <laughs> tweet at me. I'm it's sorry. The other one. Yeah. So yeah. so it, this is basically, like I said, these are just speculation based on the three criteria plus common sense. So in goal, I have Schmeichel and Tom Heaton. Heaton last year, good return, Schmeichel. Is is the next highest price goalie with the highest point return and the most ownership. 
On defense, I have Nathan Ake, Cedric, Ryan Bertrand, Charlie Daniels, and Craig Dawson. Uh, like I said, these are all guys that are just the, – the statistics are telling me to pick these guys. And on defense, I'd actually be I'd actually be okay with that defense based on who they are. I know Bournemouth liked to ship goals in bunches last year, but the duo of, of Cedric and Bertrand right now, that is a fine – like Kevin just mentioned Southampton's, you know, kind of cushy schedule to begin. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of ownership love there. Through the midfield, this is when you get to the front eight players, it gets a kind of little wonky, and it's basically guys who have have done uh, things in the past. And if you go on my article on Rasball.com, you'll you'll see where the the reasoning behind it all. But through the midfield, I have Gilfie Sigurdsson, Riyad Mahrez, Nathan Redmond, Wilfred Zaha, and Mikel Antonio. Basically, if you look at it, it's basically guys that are like high to moderately priced who did something or did okay last year, but were great the year before. You know, so look at Gilfie. Sigurdsson is probably the best midfielder in that whole lot, but he probably won't be owned very much this year because his price tag's 8.5, and I think people are moving laterally or lower to where they, they can trust somebody from a non-Swansea, uh, you know, offense. And then on my forwards, I have Jamie Vardy, Joshua King, and Christian Pinteki. It, it, it's pretty funny that, you know, these, these three guys aren't getting much long. I, I love, I know Josh King is the most owned right now. But when you look at Vardy, King, and Venteke, they were the fifth, sixth, and ninth highest scoring forwards last year in the Premier League. People don't realize that, that goals count everywhere, no matter how many times you get it. And then once you subtract out, you know, Diego Costa and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, that's minus two names. And then you only add Morata and Lacazette to the, to the theory. These guys are still going to be in the top 10 in goals scored this year. So at their prices, 8.5 for Vardy, Josh King 7.5, Benteke 8.0. It's it's an okay team, and I still have 3.5 million in the bank. So, I mean, I know this was just – it was basically just an exercise to show the best team possible that you can get from non-European-based you know, teams or that play in tournaments. But why not? You know, we need things to talk about. This is a podcast. We bring <laughs> you Fantasy Premier League news all the time, and we want to have some fun and involve some players in some things that you don't always hear. Yeah. So uh, that's, this, is what, this is what we do, Kev. We have fun. <laughs> we drink beer. We talk footy. Yeah, that's always the goal. Uh, and uh, that will do it for us today. So, Rob, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you, including your new Ooh. Twitter handle. Ooh, I hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> yes, you, can find, you can find me on Twitter at FPLMNOP. Yes, it is an alphabet thing. Uh, and you can find my writings and stylings on Razball.com. Yeah, and there was a there was a especially good one out there today on that premise that he just discussed. Uh, I am Kevin DeVries at Kevroff on Twitter. I'm the lead fantasy writer over at Goal.com, so be sure to go check that out. We have three pieces coming out this week kind of related to this, an overrated and underrated, uh, and a preview of all the Liverpool midfielders and which direction you go there. So, yeah, check that out, Goal.com. As we mentioned, this is now on Fantrax Radio at Fantrax Radio. And I assume there's an app involved. I don't actually know. Um, <laughs> and also be sure to listen to all of our uh, Premier League podcasts that go up on this channel. This last one, we specifically asked uh, supporters of, let's see, West Ham, Manchester City, Newcastle, and Liverpool who their top scorers and assisters would be, uh, which is obviously very pertinent to you uh, at home and your fantasy teams. Uh, so maybe that'll bide you over until next week when we'll be back. But until then, thanks for listening. And Rob has a thing that he says when we leave. Peace.